Hi everyone, welcome to this Saturday, February 19th. I'm Sister Mary Elizabeth from Seas of the Word Community, and I would like to welcome all of you that are joining us today. For the readings of this day, we will read James chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. The responsorial psalm is Psalm 12, and the gospel is from St. Mark chapter 9, verses 2 to 13. Let's start the reading of the Word of God. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes is speaking and is speaking is perfect, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at ships. Though they are so large and it takes strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder everywhere they will of the pilot everywhere the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the circle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and sea creatures, can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species. But no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. St. James talking about the tongue. How the tongue can bless God and in the next second we can destroy someone. Our tongue, as St. James says, is a very small part of our body, but can cause great destruction. Again, we should make an examination of conscience while we read it, while we pray with this, with this passage, with these 10 verses. How is my tongue? What is the work that is coming from my tongue? Is my tongue, my mouth, and we say my, our tongue, because without our tongue we can't speak. Our tongues. What is my tongue doing? Is it blessing God and blessing others? It's praising God and recognizing in others God that is within them? Or our tongues are praising God and destroying others? With the same mouth, we can bless and curse. 
What are we doing with this mouth? What are we doing with this gift that we received from God? To be able to speak, to be able to bless others. St. James is clear that a very small member of our body can cause great, great, great destruction and evil. Our tongues can be many times restless evil, full of deadly poison. It is, here, it is, there are strong words, strong statements that James is saying. A restless evil, a tongue that is proclaiming evil and evil instead of proclaiming the word of God and proclaiming the good news of God. Full of deadly poison. That's why we can kill someone with our words. And I'm sure I have experienced that and I'm sure you have also. When someone says something that kills us, it's like this poison that is killing us, that we keep repeating in our minds what the person said. And it, 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 is, it is deadly. If someone had the power to do that to us, we have the power to do that to someone else. Let's be aware of it. Let's know that we have a great responsibility of what everything we say. Every single thing we say, it's our responsibility. And if we fall short of grace, if we fail, let's repent and ask forgiveness from God and from the person whom we hurt. If we recognize that by the heat of the situation, we said something that we shouldn't. Let's ask God's forgiveness saying, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm so weak. I don't know what to do. Forgive me for being so weak and doing that and saying that. But afterwards, go to the person and tell them, I'm sorry. I was tired. I was nervous. I did not know what I was saying to you. I was un under the heat of the situation. And apologize and say, I'm sorry. I ask your forgiveness. Because if we leave the word we say to the person, the, the word will be a poison that will kill them. But if we come right afterward, in our apology will be this the cure would be the remedy of, for that person. Again, let's make an examination of conscience. Saying, recognizing how many things we might have hurt people with our words. Let's recognize it. Bring it to prayer. Ask God's forgiveness. And if we have the opportunity, ask the person's forgiveness too. Because, again, faith, like St. James says... Faith is shown upon works. Our faith will show that we are wrong, that we did wrong. Our work will make us move and go to the person and ask for their forgiveness. The Responsorial Psalm, Psalm 12 says, Help us, O Lord, for there is no longer anyone who is godly. The faithful have disappeared from humanity. They utter lies to each other with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. 
May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that makes great boasts. Those who say, with our tongues we will pre prevail, our lips are, our lips are our own. Who is our master? The praises of the Lord are, the promises of the Lord are promises that are pure, silver refined in a furnace, on the ground, purified seven times. You, O Lord, will protect us. You will guard us from this generation forever. The psalmist <clears throat> is also saying the danger of the tongue. How the tongue is dangerous. There are people there with their tongues. They say that they pre prevail, that their lips are their masters. That means I would do, and I would say whatever I want. That's not right. We cannot say whatever we want. We need to recognize that our mouths are ways of blessing. But also, depending what we say, could be a way of cursing. And the Gospel from St. Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 to 13 says, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, and led them up the high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling, dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. And they were coming down the mountain. He ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen, until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what this rising from the dead could mean. Then they asked, Why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Jesus said to them, Elijah is indeed coming, coming first to restore all things. How then? It is written about the Son of Man that he is to go through many suffering and be treated with contempt. But I tell you that Elijah has come, and they did, and they did to him whatever they pleased, as it is written about him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On the scene of the gospel, Jesus takes with him three disciples, the closest ones, James, John, and Peter. And he is transfigured before them. It means that he, before them, he showed his glory. And with them was, was Moses and Elijah. With him was Moses and Elijah. And the disciples saw it. In the gospel yesterday, Jesus asked, Jesus asked the disciples, Who do people say that I am? And some says, Oh, John the Baptist, Elijah, or the prophets. Because it was the belief of the Jewish people that Elijah should come first before the Messiah was to come to them. 
So Elijah was to come once again, and then the Messiah was to be shown to them. So that when they said, oh, Jesus must be Elijah, it says, he must be the one who is preparing the way for the Messiah. He must be the one who, is, who has the mission to announce the word of God, to prepare our hearts for the one who is to come. But actually, Elijah was John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a forerunner of the Lord. He was the one who came to prepare the ways of the Lord. And Jesus, the Messiah. But Jesus asked the disciples to not say it to anyone until he would be risen from the dead. Why? Because they wouldn't understand. And the rising from the dead would be the means that he would not only prove it, but he would show people that he was the one who was to come. And Jesus also says that they are waiting for Elijah, but they killed Elijah. They did with Elijah what they did with all the prophets. And what they did with John the Baptist that was killed was a few chapters, previous chapters that we have heard here together. Also, facing this gospel, let's pray that our Lord give us this understanding that our life is one. We should not contradict ourselves saying that we believe in one second and in the next second doing something different. Doing or saying something different. St. James is telling us that it's not only our actions that speak, but our words speak. But every single word we say, not only the words when we are happy, but words when we are sad and concerning and angry, all those words come from the same place. And we should watch them. Amen.